I really did feel like every woman in Ireland just walked out with her head held a little bit higher because when it came down to it, it was about so much more than abortion. Yes, it was about abortion, but it was very clearly also about women's rights in Irish society and women's place in Irish society and taking that place. So I think it became something much bigger. I didn't cry after the campaign for a year or over a year because I had been so, you know, you work so hard for something. But now, I just think the people of Ireland were absolutely extraordinary. Irland var länge ett land med en av de hårdaste abortlagarna i Europa. Inte ens om du blivit gravid efter en våldtäkt eller incest var abort tillåtet. Och straffet kunde ge upp till 14 års fängelse. Istället reste många irländska kvinnor till England när de behövde göra abort. Sen 80-talet räknar man med att över 170 000 kvinnor gjort den resan. Men förra året i maj 2018 förändrades allt när det irländska folket äntligen röstade för en lagförändring. Gronja Griffin, Orla O'Connor och Alva Smith var de tre som ledde folkomröstningskampanjen Together for Yes. En rörelse som engagerade tusentals volontärer och medlemmar. Hör berättelsen om hur de lyckades förändra Irland för alltid i RFSU-dokumentär med mig, Maria Sveland. We see all our uh, materials yeah. are being archived because they'll go to the National Library of Ireland. So there are loads and loads and loads of uh, leaflets. Jag möter Alva Smith i byggnaden på Upper Mount Street i Dublin där Together for Yes-kampanjen hade sitt högkvarter. Där i ett av rummen ligger affischerna som under några intensiva månader innan folkomröstningen prydde stora delar av Irland. Very moderate message. There's, as you can see, there was a lot of material here. One poster I'm looking for, which was particularly effective, and which of course I can't find. It was. It just said it was just too big together for yes, and it just simply said, "A woman you know." No, it was actually better. A woman you love may need your yes, and that was very much about appealing to again a wide range of people across the country and to men. So it was very much about getting the whole country on board. En kvinna du älskar kan behöva ditt ja. Var ett av budskapen som Alva och de andra i Together for Yes-kampanjen hoppade skulle få även männen att engagera sig i omröstningen. Alva Smith är numera en legendarisk aktivist i Irland som varit engagerad i den feministiska rörelsen ända sedan 70-talet och drivit kampanjen om laglig och säker abort ända sedan dess. På den tiden var Irland till stora delar styrt av katolska kyrkan vilket gjorde att tillgången till preventivmedel eller sexualundervisning var extremt bristfällig. I grew up in a very 
a very ho- a place that was very hostile to women's freedom. If you put a foot out of line, you were whacked back. It was a very hard, tough place for women. Um, we didn't have contraception. There was no right to contraception, and that didn't happen until the the 1980s, and in fact, really the ni- early 1990s. And of course, you couldn't get abortion. Um, there was no divorce. The point about these prohibitions against um, uh, against contraception, obviously against abortion, against divorce, comp- against homosexuality, because I'm I'm also lesbian, so we had to fight. We fought very hard for that. All of those prohibitions against the expression of sexuality, against speaking about sex, about being open about these things, were absolutely under the control of the Catholic Church in Ireland, which was hyper-traditional, deeply authoritarian, and um, really had the country in a vice-like grip. And that only began to weaken when revelations began to be made about the church's very brutal and cruel treatment of women who had children outside marriage. It was really the end of the 80s, beginning of the 90s, that we began to learn about the clerical abuse of children, and that was deeply shocking. So quite a lot began to come to the surface in the early 90s in this country, and all of that contributed to weakening the hold of the Catholic Church. So the Catholic Church is the revelations about the Catholic Church itself was a very strong component in weakening that authority. Det var först i samband med att avslöjandena om katolska kyrkans övergrepp på kvinnor och barn blev offentliga på 90-talet som deras makt över vårt samhälle började försvagas, säger Alva. Den katolska kyrkan på Irland har länge drivit de flesta grundskolor, vilket gjort att dess hypertraditionella hållning gentemot allt som har med sex att göra, sexualundervisning, preventivmedel, abort, hbtq, helt enkelt inte undervisades. Orla O'Connor är ordförande för National Women's Council, en utomparlamentarisk organisation som jobbar för kvinnors rättigheter och som tillsammans med organisationerna Abortion Rights och Coalition for Repeal the Eighth Amendment gick ihop och bildade paraplyorganisationen Together for Yes. Men även om Orla är yngre och tillhör en annan generation än Alva Smith präglades även hennes skolgång av katolska kyrkans bristande sexualundervisning. We've really poor sex education in Ireland and most of our primary schools were catholic schools um, and while there were some sex education developed by the government by the department of education the schools weren't obliged to teach it also some of our um, catholic schools would bring in organ- catholic organizations to basically um, like really give terrible information about abortion about uh, pregnancy um, so so there is a campaign for proper sex education and there's also a campaign for um, more uh, schools that are that the Catholic Church have no involvement in, so secularisation of our education system. Um, but I mean, you know, contraception in Ireland has only, you know, I mean, it's it hasn't even been available that long, you know, and there isn't like in terms of free contraception, um, which is so important, um, and also like long term contraception rather than it being just pill. 
fill our condoms like so we have a campaign around um that you know long-term mm. uh, contraception being better but it's the most costly att få tag i preventivmedel kunde också vara svårt och dyrt berättar Orla i synnerhet långtidsverkande preventivmedel som spiral eller p-stav i think the really striking thing for me was that at the time when we set up the abortion rights campaign, I really had no idea how many friends I had who'd suffered under the Eighth Amendment. Det som slog mig när vi startade abortion rights campaign 2012 var att jag inte hade en aning om hur många vänner jag faktiskt hade som lidit av det åttonde tillägget, säger Gronia Griffin. Hon syftar på det så kallade åttonde tillägget i grundlagen som tillkom 1983 och likställde fostrets liv med mammans. Vilket gjorde att Irlands abortförbud som visserligen funnits sedan 1861 blev ännu mer permanent då det nu blivit inskrivet i grundlagen. It's really impossible to overstate just how extreme the level of stigma was around abortion and how suffocating the level of silence was around it. Mm. Det går inte att överdriva nog hur extremt stigmat var och hur kvävande tystnaden kring abort var, säger Gronja som ända sedan 2012 varit en av de ledande aktiva i kampen för laglig och säker abort i Irland. En kamp som dock startade många år tidigare med en rad tragiska fall som blev offentliga och upprörde många. Well, the history of abortion in Ireland, if you ask people about it, they'll generally tell it to you in a string of letters and women's names because it's a, a history, a scandal, really. And people may go back to the X case in 1992 where a 14-year-old girl became pregnant as a result of rape. And her parents uh, made an inquiry of the police. Could they bring her to the UK for an abortion? Would this have an impact on the collection of DNA for an eventual a criminal charge against the man and the police informed the attorney general who said no she could not go to uh, Britain she was injuncted from going to Britain um, that case went to the supreme court to cut a long story short the case went to the supreme court and the supreme court ruled that because the girl she was a child of course in law that because the child was now suicidal Um, that this constituted a risk to her life, therefore she could go to uh, to the UK. In fact, that girl, um, child, miscarried eventually, and uh, I, I don't know what happened. I, I, it's a terrible situation. She was known as Miss X. Miss X, som Gronja och Alva pratar om, var alltså ett högprofilerat, omdebatterat fall 1992 med en 14-årig flicka som blivit gravid efter att ha blivit våldtagen av en familjemedlem. Hon och hennes föräldrar bad om lov att få åka till England för att göra bort, vilket först nekades, men sen godkändes i högsta domstolen eftersom flickan försökt ta sitt liv. Det ledde fram till en rad andra folkomröstningar som resulterade i att det blev tillåtet för irländska kvinnor att resa utomlands för att göra abort utan att riskera fängelse. And that was one of the cases that was the 20 year anniversary of that in 2012 was one of the things that had inspired us to get more active on abortion rights. And we had just began organizing, we had set up the structures for the new abortion rights campaign. We had organized the first march for choice and we really were just so incredibly optimistic and positive and with huge energy. And then just a number of weeks later the news broke that a young woman living in Galway had died in a Galway hospital 
because she had gone in with a miscarriage for much wanted pregnancy and it was a prolonged miscarriage and she her family asked her husband asked for an abortion she asked for an abortion she was in incredible pain and it was made very clear to her that the pregnancy wouldn't survive and she was denied and over the days that she was left there she contracted an infection and turned to sepsis and she died Vi hade just startat och kommit igång med abortion rights kampanjen när fallet med Savita Halapanavar blev känt berättar Gronja Griffin The young woman on these banners stumbled unknowingly into Ireland's abortion grey area and these people believe she paid for it with her life Thousands marched in Dublin to express their sadness at the death of Savita Halapanova. Den 31-åriga Savita kom in till sjukhuset med svåra smärtor på grund av ett pågående missfall. Men eftersom läkarna fortfarande kunde höra fostrets hjärta slå så ville ingen av dem utföra en abort. Det ledde till att Savita Halapanova fick blodförgiftning som hon dog av några dagar senare. Very sad story out of Galway, Ireland. A woman was denied an abortion and she died in a hospital. This is Savita Praveen Halapanavar. 31-year-old woman in Ireland uh, died after she had a miscarriage and doctors refused to terminate the pregnancy. The husband of a woman who died in a hospital in Ireland has told this program she would still be alive today if doctors had agreed to terminate her pregnancy. He asked me if I'm okay to be beside Savita during her last few minutes and I am said yes. And then they stood there, and um, at the time, uh, they were pumping her heart. The doctor just told me that they are almost losing her. That's it. And she just passed away. That created absolute outrage. Uh, and people protested in the streets in Dublin and throughout the country and this, our slogan was never again we never wanted to see that happening to again uh, to a woman again where she could lose her life that moment and like Savita's story and what happened to her that absolute like that horror that absolutely like outrageous series of events really did shock Ireland to the core people had always assumed that the UK and that England provided a safety valve that meant that nobody actually died as a result of Ireland's abortion ban you know this there was this assumption that it was it was okay because people would just get the boat and Savita's death really opened up everyone's eyes to the fact that this was possible and people were absolutely horrified deeply deeply ashamed and horrified and it really did um it was a turning point in terms of the movement for change in Ireland. Hennes stöd innebar ett stort folkligt uppvaknande och engagemanget för att få igenom en lagändring växte. Folk var chockade berättar Gronja Griffin eftersom de flesta alltid antagit att England innebar en säkerhetsventil som gjorde att ingen behövde dö på grund av Irlands hårda bortlagar. I think people were really horrified to think that that could happen and at the same time you know their surprise was you know i i think we we managed it well in terms of the organizations were campaigning we were saying well why would you be surprised it's in our constitution it's there um 
So it was, I think, one of the key moments where the government felt, okay, we're going to have to have a referendum on this. Mm. Um, it definitely made a huge difference to the politicians. Folk var skräckslagna och förvånade. Och vi sa, varför är ni så förvånade? Det här finns inskrivet i vår grundlag, säger Orla. Så det var ett avgörande ögonblick när regeringen förstod att de skulle bli tvungna att ordna en folkomröstning. For many people, Savita is where it started. For many people's story, that's where it started. And her family really were just so incredibly supportive during the campaign. So incredibly generous of them that after everything that they've been through, that they were prepared to come forward and lend themselves and their emotional activity and everything their family had been through into supporting the Yes campaign. And we were really so grateful for that. På många sätt var det med Savitas död som allt startade, sig Gronja. Och hennes familj var otroligt hjälpsamma och generösa med att gå ut offentligt med sina känslor och allt det svåra de gått igenom för att stötta kampanjen. We needed very definitely to be able to show and to demonstrate that abortion happened to women in all kinds of, of circumstances and for all sorts of reasons. We needed to show that abortion caused very real suffering and trauma. But first of all, you really have to get through to, in a referendum situation, you've got to get through to the people who have the power to call the referendum or not to call the referendum, and those are the politicians. Det första målet var att försöka övertala politikerna att gå med på att hålla en folkomröstning, berättar Alva Smith. So you go and see them, you lobby them, you talk to them, you have briefings with them, uh, you produce papers, you produce documents, you... Use social media. You have rallies because rallies make them nervous. Politicians, as we well know, do not like the voters getting out there and saying, "We don't like this. We're not having it." And I say to you know my friends and colleagues all over Europe at the present time, never underestimate the power of a rally and a march because that is saying very directly. Uh, in in highly mediatized terms to politicians you are not doing the job we want you to do this is the job we want you to do and that makes it has tremendous impact underskatta aldrig en demonstration för det skickar tydliga signaler till politikerna att de misslyckats med att göra sitt jobb säger Alva Smith and over the next number of years we put huge huge grassroots volunteer energy into breaking down stigma around abortion, organizing local groups, um, organizing events, fundraising, making ourselves really proud and visible and loud and really creating a movement for change. And that was hugely successful and our numbers grew and grew. De följande åren organiserades en enorm gräsrotsrörelse med volontärer som på olika sätt försökte bryta stigmat och tystnaden kring abort, fortsätter Gronja Griffin. Vi var högljudda, stolta, ordnade lokala grupper, insamling, events och det blev en rörelse för förändring. In many ways probably the, the easiest way to see it was in our March for Choice. Every year we organized a March for Choice on the last weekend in September to coincide with the international day for the decriminalization of abortion and from the moment we started that march in 2012 every year our numbers doubled. Det tydligaste sättet att se att vi växte var via den årliga marschen March for Choice som dubblerade sitt antal demonstranter för varje år. 
The March for Choice is just sort of a coming together of different pro-choice groups and individuals. People have travelled today from Belfast, from Cork, from Galway, from Limerick and we just uh, want to make our voices loud so the government know that there is a real appetite here in Ireland to repeal the Eighth Amendment. Uh, we, we want real and realistic abortion access in Ireland and we're here today to speak with our feet and to march for choice. And the, I think that march was quite amazing in many ways because not only was it this really incredibly um, public sign of how much the times were changing and how much support for abortion rights was, was shifting, but much more than that, it was this incredibly loud, vibrant, positive, colourful, hopeful um, show of emotion and strength and really of a movement that we'd never seen the like of before in Ireland. Den blev ett synligt tecken på hur mycket attityderna kring abort höll på att förändras och blev inte minst en färgstark, känslosam, hoppfull uppvisning av en rörelse vi aldrig sett likheten av i Irland förut. One of the things that, one of the most remarkable things that happened in the Together for Yes campaign was women coming forward and speaking about their abortion. En av de mest anmärkningsvärda sakerna som hände inom Together for Yes kampanjen var att kvinnor bröt tystnaden och gick ut och berättade om sina aborter, berättar Alva Smith. And you know, so many women breaking that silence and very often saying, uh, "My daughter, my son." Um, doesn't know about the abortion I had. My family doesn't know. My partner doesn't know. I've never told anybody. I've never spoken about this before. This is the first time I've ever said it in public. It was incredibly important. And I think that as feminists in the women's movement, we've always known that when women begin to speak, that that really is the first step because that's about acknowledging the truth of your own experience. It was really important. Inom kvinnorörelsen har vi länge vetat att när kvinnor börjar tala så är det första steget. För det handlar om att bekräfta att dina erfarenheter faktiskt är sanna. Vi hade en serie av lokala launches runt om landet. Och vi hade också en national tour i de senaste två veckorna. Där vi runt till många kommuner, städer. And always at those meetings, there there was a person talking about their experience, and it was really, yeah, I mean, it was very sad, very emotional for people, and very difficult, uh, particularly, you know, someone talk, who may never have spoken about it before, and and their families came, and so it was very special. Um, and also, there were times, certainly, where I would have, I felt, you know, why did why why did we have to put women through this as well? That women had to sort of bear all and tell their whole experiences. But you could also see the impact it had, mm. um, in terms of convincing people that this was the right thing to do. 
Vi hade lanseringsmöten runt om i landet där kvinnor trädde fram och berättade om sina aborter. Och det hade en enorm betydelse, säger Ola O'Connor. Samtidigt gav det mig dubbla känslor att kvinnor skulle behöva vittna om sådana svåra personliga erfarenheter. We had a huge door-to-door um, canvassing project that really was at the core of the campaign where thousands and thousands of volunteers all over the country went out and knocked on doors and had one-on-one individual conversations with people about why the vote mattered to them and why they wanted people to vote yes and people's experiences of reproductive health in Ireland and people's experiences of the eighth and those conversations were what changed people's minds and for an awful lot of people they went out and they told their own story and that's just an incredibly brave thing to do to put yourself out there to the face of strangers and expose the most vulnerable aspects of yourself and your history that really it's more than anybody could have ever expected or asked for and people did it and i don't think we'll ever be able to repay the debt that we have to those people who did that mm. but i do know that we um owe them the the victory that we had because it really was incredibly powerful kärnan i vår kampanj var en gigantisk dörrknackningsaktion där tusentals volontärer gick runt och knackade på oss folk och hade individuella samtal om varför det var viktigt att rösta ja det var otroligt modigt av dem alla att våga stå öga mot öga med främlingar och berätta om sina erfarenheter. Och det var mycket tack vare dem som vi sen vann, säger Gronja Griffin. But we were very clear that the campaign that we were going to bring together was going to be the campaign to convince people who were unsure about whether to remove the eighth or not. So we made a very clear decision that in terms of strategy and in terms of the type of campaign we'd have, we weren't speaking to the people who'd already made up their mind on abortion. Um, we, so we weren't speaking to the no side. Um, and also, we, we weren't speaking either to the people who were totally convinced. It was about convincing people who were unsure. So we spoke about the people in the middle. We were very much, I suppose, speaking to people's empathy. Um, and being empathetic to a person who who needs abortion, uh, so we developed the three C's of the campaign, which was the care, compassion, and change. Vi valde att fokusera på den breda massan i mitten, de som var osäkra på hur de skulle rösta. Så vi tog ett strategiskt beslut att inte vända oss till vare sig nej eller ja sidan, utan framförallt hänvisa till empatin. Vi utvecklade de tre scena. Care, compassion och change. Vård, medkänsla och förändring. Three very simple things which were the three C's of care and of compassion which was really important and of change which was why we had someone you love might need an abortion. Someone you love might need your yes. Because that's about saying to people This is not about you. If you don't want an abortion or you don't approve of it, that's fine. We respect your position. But someone you love might need that abortion. And who are you to prevent them from having that? It was a wonderful story campaign, which was not actually part of Together for Yes. It was independently created by a young woman with her uh, laptop and Facebook page. And it was called In Her Shoes. And what it said was, walk in her shoes. Think about what it is like to walk in that girl or that woman's shoes and then vote. 
which was absolutely beautiful. And there were wonderful images that uh, campaigners all over the country put together of taking the middle of a street and just putting pairs of shoes all down the street. It, I still feel very emotional. Yeah. Because it's asking people not to judge. And it's asking people to have that compassion. And one of the reasons why I think our appeal campaign was really important was because what we all need in Europe today is compassion, not just for women who need abortion, but for all those who have nothing, who have been abandoned, who are being abandoned, who are being cast aside as worthless. I think if we were to walk in their shoes for two seconds, we would be so much more humane in our policies. Det skapades en oberoende kampanj av en kvinna på sociala medier som hette In Her Shoes, som uppmanade folk att försöka sätta sig in i andra kvinnors situation för en sekund, vilket var så vackert och ledde till att folk ställde skor i långa rader mitt på gatorna. Jag blir fortfarande berörd när jag tänker på det, säger Alva Smith. För det uppmanar folk att inte döma och att visa medkänsla. Och ett av skälen till att vår kampanj var så viktig är för att vad vi alla behöver i Europa idag är medkänsla med alla de utsatta. I didn't cry after the campaign for a year or over a year because I had been so, you know, you work so hard for something, but now i just think the people of Ireland were absolutely extraordinary because they remain Catholic. 87% of the population is Catholic, but they have changed what it means, not only to be Irish, because it has changed that, but they've changed what they mean by being Catholic. Jag grät inte under vår kampanj på över ett år, för vi jobbade så hårt. Men nu i efterhand tycker jag att irländska folket var enastående. För de fortsatte att vara katoliker, men de har förändrat betydelsen av vad det innebär att vara katolik, säger Alva Smith. They thought Ireland was still back in 1983, so I think they ran a very similar campaign to the one that won like for them that got the eighth into the constitution and they hadn't recognized that Ireland had changed so much in terms of its values in terms of the way people see themselves in society and it's very clear that I mean not just from the eighth amendment campaign but also from the marriage equality campaign that Irish people really wanted to let go of that past that was about you know treating you know really badly treating women particularly in relation to reproductive rights you know putting women in in you know in um well magdalen laundries or you know incarcerating them if they were became pregnant out, outside of marriage people wanted to let go of all that and wanted it all behind them and, and i think the campaign the no side led was very much speaking to an old ireland that that most people in ireland didn't want anything to do with Katolska kyrkan höll en låg profil och hade ingen ledande roll i motståndarsidan som körde på som om det fortfarande var 1983. De verkade inte ha fattat att Irland hade förändrats sedan dess, säger Orla O'Connor. 
Kampanjen som nysidan ledde talade mycket till ett gammalt Irland som de flesta inte längre ville ha något med att göra. Vilket även bekräftades av undersökningar som gång på gång visade att katolska kyrkan var den institution som folk hade minst förtroende för. That the people who were least trusted were the Catholic Church which had lost its credibility because of its appalling cruelty towards women and towards children and abuse of women and children. Number one, politicians were not trusted and the media were not trusted. But the people who were trusted in Ireland were, first of all, doctors. People, doctors, I said it back then and I say it again, doctors in Ireland became the new priests. People used to trust priests, now they trusted doctors. If a doctor said women need abortions in order to save their lives, in order to save their health, for their general well-being, people were prepared to trust doctors. Jag sa det då och jag säger igen. Läkare är de nya prästerna, säger Alva Smith. Därför var det så viktigt att få läkare som var villiga att gå ut offentligt och förklara varför laglig och säker abort var en viktig hälsovårdsfråga. I mean, they did use particular strategies to try to undermine our campaign. Um, but we, we always from the start said we're speaking to those people who haven't made up their minds. So we never really engaged with the no side. And I think that was really the correct strategy. Do you mean in, in discussions? Yeah, so in discussions or online particularly. You know, there was a lot of discussion online and we, we didn't. We kept saying, okay, well, who are we talking to here? There's no point in talking to them because they're not changing their minds. Mm. Um, so we really didn't engage with them and we focused on ourselves. Motståndarsidan gjorde vad de kunde för att underminera oss. Men vår strategi var att aldrig involvera oss i debatten med dem och istället fokusera på vårt eget budskap, säger Orla O'Connor. But we didn't have our posters up, but the other side did. And those posters were confrontational and they were offensive and they were bullying and they were hectoring. So it was basically Uh, abortion kills, abortion is murder, babies will be killed, women are murderers, uh, women who have abortion. Um, XYZ number of babies die in, in the UK every year. Do we want to be like the UK? So they were very, very offensive. And the way, the, the most offensive posters that they had actually had a blown up photograph uh, reproduction of um, a scan of a fetus in uh, a pregnant woman's belly and it, it you didn't see the woman of course you just simply saw the fetus blown up uh, to be on a huge poster on a lamppost which they put these posters up outside community centers outside shopping centers outside schools everywhere all around the country and parents around Ireland were furious Nisidan han får upp sina fischer för oss och de var konfrontativa och motbjudande med budskap om att abort var detsamma som mord och så bilder på små blodiga foster. Men det slog bara tillbaka på dem själva eftersom de gjorde folk upprörda. What do we want? When do we want it? We feel that everyone has a right to live and everyone has a life a right to have a productive life. Every life matters. God gives life, God takes life. It shouldn't be up to the government and the people to vote that no, we don't want this child. It's wrong. I feel in my heart and my conscience that abortion is wrong. So I'm here today to stand up for what I believe in. We're against abortion because we feel that even unborn women have a right to choose life. Two, four, six, eight, we appreciate you!
every human life is sacred, every human life needs to be protected and you know that's it really. We had shifted the narrative from morality uh, to need and care, that this was something that women needed. So we weren't discussing whether it was right or wrong. We were saying this is a healthcare need that women have. De höll sig till den linjen hela tiden, men vi lyckades skifta narrativet bort från moralfrågan så att det inte skulle handla om huruvida bort var en rättighet eller inte, utan istället handla om behov och vård som kvinnor behöver, fortsätter Alva Smith. And similarly that meant that there was much less emphasis on abortion as a right. Abortion, I believe, is a human right, but that was not an aspect that we emphasized in our campaign. Why? Because arguing on a rights basis is very abstract. People don't see real women, real couples, real trans people. They don't see real people needing an abortion. They think it's, oh, it's this thing called a human right. It's like justice, it's like equality, it's like whatever. It's up there in the sky, whereas you say, Uh, this woman needs to get into the health services quickly. She needs to see a doctor. Oh, right, okay. That's a real life issue. That's get the bus, get the taxi, get the ambulance. <laughs> that's immediate, that's now, that's real. Att föra fram rättighetsperspektivet kan bli väldigt abstrakt för folk. Men om du istället pratar om att en kvinna genast behöver träffa en läkare så blir det verkligt och nära, säger Alva. And couples who were important in the Together for Yes campaign, which again was very much about saying this is a family matter, were um, particularly couples who had a very, very difficult situation where in Ireland, if a couple had a diagnosis of a fatal fetal anomaly, uh, that is to say a pregnancy where it was highly unlikely that the um, baby would be born alive or might only survive for a very, very short term, um, they were forced to, the woman was forced to continue that pregnancy to birth. She was forced to give birth. That's an intolerable situation. So those couples were absolutely brilliant. A lot of women spoke about their pregnancy in those situations. And, and people really related to them because they were couples who really wanted, the, you know, they were really wanted those babies. And then they got the shocking news that, you know, their baby wasn't going to survive. And then the Irish health system could, couldn't help them. And they had to travel. They had to do it all on their own. And, you know, huge implications as well in terms of cost. And for many of them, because, you know, they traveled to England Um, they didn't get their baby's remains back until, you know, quite a while after. And it would arrive by um, like a courier. Mm. Um, and it was very upsetting. And they spoke about those experiences publicly. And then they formed their group. And, and some of them took legal cases were taken with the support of the Centre for Reproductive Rights. And those cases had a big impact um, because the cases, you know, it was... Um, In the Court of Human Rights, it was said that this was degrading and inhumane treatment for women. Um, so the Irish government had to pay attention because, again, it started to really break down the myth of who, ha who has an abortion. 
Par som väntade svårt sjuka eller handikappade foster kom också att spela en viktig roll för ja-sidan genom att de gick ut och tog ställning för abort och berättade om sina svåra erfarenheter av att behövt gå igenom hela graviditeten för att sedan föda ett barn som kanske bara levde en kort stund efter förlossningen. De blev också viktiga för att bryta ner myten och föreställningen om vem och vilka som egentligen gör abort. Så kom till slut den avgörande dagen, fredag den 25 maj 2018, som Alva Smith, Orla O'Connor, Gronja Griffin och alla de andra tusentals aktivisterna kämpat så hårt och länge för. Votes in favor of the proposal. 1,429,981. We made history! We made history! Och det blev ett historiskt val på många sätt, då 66 procent av alla irländare röstade ja till säker och fri abort. I know I look like I'm miserable, but I'm just really happy. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Sorry. And what do you think it says about Ireland? Uh, that we're finally uh, in 2018, that we treat uh, women the same. Because before this we were second-class citizens, we didn't have bodily autonomy and we're finally equal. So while the crowd chanted Savita never again, we really, really, really meant that. And I think that even, you know, for me as a feminist since the 1970s, That was a hugely significant moment. It was about saying, you know, this matters for me and my generation. But I didn't just do it for me and my generation. I did it always with others all over the world, for women everywhere, and for my daughter and her generation, and now for the generation of my granddaughter and the granddaughters that there are and the great-granddaughters all over the world. And I hope, I hope, I hope that we can hold that and it's something that we have to never, never let go of. Vi menade det verkligen när vi skrek Savita och Never Again, säger Alva. För det här handlade inte bara om oss här och nu utan om framtida generationer av döttrar. My memory of it and realizing, I suppose, really that we'd won it was going down to the count center the day that the results came out. We already had opinion polls which showed that we looked like we had a very solid victory but I suppose I found it quite hard to, to trust entirely in them. I went down to the count centre really early just as it opened and slipped in around the back and watched them counting the ballots and there's something incredibly powerful about piles and piles of individual ballots with the individual X's on it and knowing that behind every single slip of paper is like a family or a woman or somebody who's taken the time to think up everything that you've been talking about and that you've been working towards for the last number of days and weeks and months and who've come down there to stand behind you and maybe there's someone who's, who's traveled maybe they're not but watching them count out those those ballots was just that was the moment it totally hit me that we had won it and that people had come in behind us and it was it's a moment i'll never forget 
Jag minns att jag gick ner till rösträkningscentret på valdagen och såg på medan de räknade alla röstsedlar. Och det var en otrolig känsla att veta att bakom varje papper så fanns det en människa som tänkte igenom sitt beslut och sen tagit sig tiden att gå iväg och rösta, säger Gronja Griffin. First and foremost, I think it was just the relief, the absolute relief that we had done it and that for all the women in the future and for all the all the young girls in my life and for my friends, absolutely like it was overpowering sense of relief. And then at the same time, it was in some ways incredibly bittersweet because underneath it all is all the stories of the women who we didn't do it for in time. And I suppose there's that element of it. And that's very hard. Sorry. That's very hard. to. For, you'll never forget that. You know what I mean? For every for every woman that we got there in time for it, there's every woman that we didn't. And I suppose we've when Savita died, when the Miss Wise story broke like time and time again, there were all these moments when we just we weren't there in time. And so that, I think, was underneath it as well. Till en början kände jag bara absolut lättnad över att vi vunnit, säger Gronja. Men det var en bitter ljuvkänsla att tänka på alla de kvinnor som han dö innan vi fick igenom lagändringen. The other thing I think on the, when we got the result was I really did feel like every woman in Ireland just walked out with her head held a little bit higher because when it came down to it it was about so much more than abortion. It was about women's place in society. It was about their value. It was about their worth. It was about their place in families. It was about whether or not they were trusted by their own society, by the people that worked with them, went to school with them, who loved with them. And the campaign was extremely difficult. It was extremely difficult. And really, when you look at what was fought out in the media and on the doorsteps and the discussions that people were having, we were really were going to the core of what is a woman worth in our society and do you trust her and what level of autonomy does she have over her body? And I don't think there was anyone in Ireland who was quite sure how our society would come through on that you know were they going to step forward and say yes on that and in the in the end they did and that was just so overwhelming and just so it was wonderful absolutely wonderful and i definitely felt like i held my head higher that day and i think women everywhere did we felt like we were worth more like we were for the first time true equals mm. in our society det kändes som att alla kvinnor på irland gick med huvudet en aning högre den dagen för det här handlar om så mycket mer än bara bort. Det handlar om kvinnors värde. Det kändes som om vi för första gången faktiskt var sanna jämlikar i vårt samhälle. Do you remember this moment? Uh, oh well, you know, it was quite extraordinary. Um, We did know from the night before because we had exit polls and I think that was the moment which was the real oh my god we have absolutely won and tears were flowing and it was quite 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 remarkable it, it was massive it was absolutely massive it was about the whole country saying we're a different place we're now acknowledging and admitting and recognizing that we are a very very different country from what we were in 1983 Vi visste redan från kvällen innan av opinionsundersökningarna att vi antagligen skulle vinna och tårarna rann och det var helt otroligt We had been told by that we had been 
it had been, messages had been got to us that we really should not be, you know, maybe it wasn't the right thing to celebrate. I'm thinking, what do they mean, not the right thing? Because you didn't celebrate an abortion. I think we're just celebrating changing Ireland. <laughs> so we did. We absolutely did. It was incredibly moving. People were just in tears yeah. and couldn't believe that this had happened. And it was absolutely extraordinary. Yeah. Vissa sa att vi kanske inte borde fira, för abort är inget att fira. Men vi firade ju inte aborten, utan att vi förändrat Irland. Och det var otroligt. Folk kunde knappt tro att det verkligen hänt, att vi lyckats, säger Alva Smith. How did you celebrate? <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> yeah, sleeping. I remember there was a party that night and we went out and we went out. And I remember I was I could barely stand up. I could barely stand up. I was sitting sitting at the side of the dance floor in a chair and I was watching all of these campaigners who had put so much work, who'd put their lives on hold to get this over the line dancing and on the in the background somebody had organized a slideshow of all these images from over the years like from when we first started all the marches the demos the photo shoots the art events everything and they were all sliding along in the background all these tiny little moments which in their own individual way all seemed so small and and yet when you put them all together it, it added up to this incredibly successful movement and this the most astounding victory det var en fest på kvällen och jag minns att jag knappt orkade stå upp, säger Gronja Griffin. Så jag satt i ett hörn av dansgolvet och tittade på alla dessa människor som jobbat så extremt hårt och satt sina liv på paus för att hjälpa till med kampanjen. Och i bakgrunden hade någon satt på ett flöde av bilder från alla dessa år. Små ögonblick som var och en för sig verkade obetydliga, men när du satt ihop dem blev till en otroligt framgångsrik rörelse. Were there any point where you felt like giving up? Never. Never, never give up. Never. In fact, I could honestly say that from 1983, when we didn't win, that, I mean, we didn't think we would win, but I've always just felt we can win this. It will happen. Ireland is changing. The world is changing. People are changing. We're very backward here in that regard, but look at what ha- what's happening. And we do, we can do this. Because why? Because we have to. It's simply unforgivable that we have this. It's unpardonable that we have this situation. It's a very profound violation of our rights as human beings. So yes, absolutely. It, it's also profoundly insulting to me as a woman that any woman should be prevented from making her own choices about her her own body. So I never, ever, ever thought of giving up. Did I ever get tired? Yes, sometimes. And was I tired afterwards? (laughs) Yes, extremely. (laughs) Am I tired now? No. (laughs) Were there any time where you felt like giving up? No, no, definitely. Don't think there was any time. No, I never thought of giving up because I was always absolutely confident that we were going to win. Du har lyssnat på RFSU-dokumentär med mig, Maria Sveland. Teknik och slutmixning gjordes av Christer Orreteg på Filt Hinterland. Tycker du precis som oss att de sexuella och reproduktiva rättigheterna är livsviktiga- 
att alla människor har rätt att vara, välja och njuta och att dessa frågor ständigt behöver lyftas. I så fall får du gärna hjälpa oss att sprida vår podd. Läs mer på rfsu.se. Oh my God.